In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh Buckley, and my very own shit witch is the one and only... The Alpha, the Omega, the Travis Rats. Travis Rats and I on the Comic Exposure Podcast. Hello, uh, my don't children. forget, <laughs> on the Comic Exposure Podcast, Travis and I bring a bevy of guests on to talk about uh, comic books. And uh, we have an episode that we do a comic book club. We have an episode where we uh, shoot the crap about what's going on in the world of pop culture, in comic books and movies. Uh, you are lucky enough, guests, to be tuning in to a comic book club episode. It's just like Oprah's book club. But with comics and way more foul language, especially with the book we're reading today. On today's episode, we're going to be reading The Goddamned uh, by Jason Aaron God and Aaron I said, God damn. Damn. Can you God say damn. the title of this book without thinking of that line from Pulp Fiction? I cannot. Well, <laughs> Goddamn. I'll God take my damn. answer off air. Goddamn, God uh, by Jason Aaron, uh, written by Jason Aaron, with art by R.M. Guerra, and then uh, art by Brusco, or coloring by Brusco, or is that lettering? I must have missed that. I, I want to know why R.M. does like a lowercase R.M. and then Guerra. <laughs> He's uh, he's Serbian. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but the, on the episode today, we're going to be talking about this book, uh, Gila Brusco. Uh, who does the colors on this? And so this is the book we're discussing today. And we brought on one of my one of my BFFs from back in the day, my best man in my wedding, uh, a bro I haven't seen in person in way too long because we live two thousand miles away from one another. Uh, Aaron Warner. Aaron Warner, say hi to guests today. Say hi to everybody. Hey everybody, glad to be here. Aaron was the best man in your wedding. Yeah, Aaron was the best man in my wedding. Yeah, Aaron. Was. Did you, what was the highlight, where did you go for for the speech? Did you go for, like, funny? Did you go for heartfelt? Did you go for, like... It was it was kind of a mix of both. It was probably a little long-winded, uh, but um, it was a good speech. It was good. It was good. It was good times. And, and, and so here's the thing. We have a, we had, like, a very small wedding, right? So I'd only been out in Arizona for about, a, like, two years. Uh, and so um, I didn't have, like, a ton of Arizona roll dogs. And we had, like, a tiny wedding up in Sedona. And uh, Aaron, Aaron uh, got to fly out and hang out with us and, and be my best man. It was good, it was good times. It was good times. It's yeah. too bad you hadn't read this book beforehand because then you could have pulled some great quotes for your speech from this. <laughs> Josh has already touched on the first colorful metaphor I probably would have reached for, which was uh, shit witches. <laughs> mm, yes, that, that's the name of my new restaurant that I'm starting. <laughs> we make we make terrible sandwiches. Terrible sandwiches. I can see Aaron come up there like um clinks the glass you know at the wedding he's just sitting there like what's up shit witches <laughs> it'd be it'd be the best way it'd be the best way to start it i think it's the only way you could uh so aaron we have a question that we ask every new guest and since this is your first time on the show first time caller uh long time listener we're gonna have you we're, we have a question we ask you so travis is ready to ask you this question travis you ready, ready. i'm ready. here we go aaron all right what was your first exposure to comic books? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, um, and I don't know what it was other than that it was supposed to be Superman, and it was this comic book that just kind of kicked around my bedroom when I was young. Um, I remember something about uh, a very large villain in like an Uncle Sam costume with white hair and uh, he was so big, he, he was smoking a city bus like a cigar, and for some reason, uh, Superman looked like some kind of a monkey creature, or at least there was some kind of uh, a, a monkey-looking creature in the Superman costume, and uh, I don't know, that's, what, that's 34 years <laughs> later, uh, <laughs> you know, through, warped through my memory, I, um, what, I, what I pull away from it. I like that. I like, well, so many times when you talk to people about their first uh, exposure to comics, it's always like, oh, it's the uh, Death of Superman or the one where, uh, you know, Venom's first entry into the comic book world. But I think more often than not, if people are really honest about it, 
Uh, it's it was probably just some random issue of some random comic where there wasn't any kind of milestone happening. Um, but or maybe like comics are written in a way where like every issue there is every three issues there is something big happening. So everyone's like, oh, it's actually amazing. I. My first issue was actually uh, the death of the Fantastic Four. And you're like, well, they die every year. <laughs> it's not really that. It's really not that impressive. Uh, I'm trying. So apparently, uh, Beppo is a fictional monkey appearing in books published by DC Comics, primarily those featuring Superman. Um, but apparently, there's wow. like a super Beppo the Super Monkey. So that is a that's a real thing. So you didn't just make it up. But I can't find one where he fights Uncle Sam. But I am. Like I am interested to see if I can find a picture of a uh, monkey Superman fighting Uncle Sam. <laughs> I also feel that Beppo is like what some fat nerd dude would like name their Boston Terrier. Like uh, his name is Beppo <laughs> after after the uh, super bad monkey Beppo. Yeah, he's Beppo. probably hanging out at the comic book store, passing this comic off to every bright eyed kid that comes through the oh, door. Yeah. Too. Like, oh, you like Superman, huh? Here's Beppo. Beppo. <laughs> so, uh, Beppo the Superman Kid. No, so if that's remember, what's the did? So we this often is a you are the same, roughly the same age as Travis and I. You and I are about we're a little older than than Travis is uh, by like a year or two. Yeah. Um. So okay. here's here's my question for you. Uh, I know. So Beppo, Monkey Superman. Uh, do you remember watching the '90s X Men cartoon? Did you ever watch that? Yeah. So. Is do you have like fond memories of that, or is it just something that you remember? Uh, I'd say I have fond memories of it. Can you sing the theme song? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's perfect. That's all I needed. I guess, that's, that's... <laughs> I guess I proved that right off the cuff, huh? You did. You did. Can, can uh, I sidetrack on X Men for real quick? I yeah. noticed something. Yeah. I watched an episode of it the other day, and I realized yeah. that this happens in almost like every third episode. Is Storm uses her powers and then faints out of the sky, and it gets quite oh, yeah. annoying. It gets quite annoying. She's always fainting. And you're like, bitch, just stay on the ground. Then you don't need to be up in the sky to use your powers. <laughs> like you but know, you're gonna pass problem. out. On top of that, to me, it always seemed like Fox was playing the the same rotation of three episodes every Saturday morning. So <laughs> yeah. it was always one with Cable. <laughs> <laughs> cable and Cable comes back. What's the dude? What's the other guy? Cable and what's the the guy who fixes stuff or makes Bishop. stuff? It's always like Bishop. Forge and Bishop. It was always a future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it was always yeah. an apocalypse episode. But they never played yeah. the second yes. part of it. They always played the first part. The episode, and they're like, oh, I can't wait to see what happened next. And then next week, they just jump and throw some random episode, and you're like, shit, do they beat Apocalypse? What's going to happen? <laughs> I got no idea. I got no idea. Um, I remember, uh, so I remember watching the X Men cartoon, and you know why they have to make her faint, though, right, Travis? You know why? Because of all the X Men, she is like the most powerful, dangerous. Yeah. yeah. She can control like nature, man. She can like lightning strike you and all this crap. So they got to make her somehow fallible. You know, they don't address so they it. They don't address it. Yeah. Yeah. They got a nerfer. They got a nerfer. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got a nerfer. I was like, I thought you were making a Star Wars reference. And I was like, like a scruffy nerf, nerf herder. <laughs> yeah. Nerf. They have to nerf herd her. Uh, so do you think like the, when they're in the danger room training, do you think it's like like a given that if storm goes up, it's like, all right, someone get underneath her You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I'm Almost always on storm. Her. It's always Wolverine. He's always on storm detail. He like tucks and rolls and like catches her. <laughs> He's a good tuck and roller, man. Yeah. yeah her, her and the professor are always teaming up against everyone else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Professor's just mind controlling everybody. Yeah. Hey, so, gentlemen, let's let's dive in. Let's dive in. We've got your first exposure to comics, a monkey Superman, which is just delightful that it's something different. Someone's always so it literally is always Batman the animated series or uh or or X-Men, 90s X-Men. So Those here are we good go. things, too. They, they are. So the book is called The Goddamned, like I said, to kick us off. It's on Image Comics. It's by uh, the amazing Jason Aaron, who writes a ton of good stuff, right? Southern Bastards, Skelts, he's uh, Thor. He is uh, he's Mr. Marvel right now, just cranking out a bunch of stuff. He's doing some great stuff at, uh, at Image as well. Uh, and then R.M. Guerra, who is a... Uh, a Serbian, a uh, let's see, he is a uh, he is a Serbian. He was in 
uh, a Yugosla- uh, Yugoslav comic industry in like the 80s, right? He like busted out in 82, and now he is drawing this. Oh, he does what have a great a very... era and time for comics. Yugoslavia right? in 82. I mean, it really is like the early days. It really of all started there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so derivative now. Everything comes out of that Yugoslavia movement. It's kind of like the British invasion, but for comics. Right. Uh, he So apparently uh, he lives now in Barcelona. What are you like? Is someone opening sardines? What is that? All these Yugoslavian posers, I'm telling you. <laughs> so... Uh, he is, uh, he's a Yugoslav, he lives in uh, Barcelona, Spain now, uh, but he is, uh, he wrote this bad boy here. He's got a bunch of like European work, but then this is the same artist as on Skelped, right, Travis? Um, no, I don't think this is yeah, the same. No, dude, oh, yeah, 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 Scout, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, yep. Yeah, yeah, so it's the same guy who did, who did Skelp. Uh, and so he's worked with Jason Aaron before. He came back with Jason Aaron to work on the goddamn. Uh, and this book is called, this one's called Book One Before the Flood. And uh, Travis, can you give us your best, can you give us your best uh, rundown of what this book is about? Sure. Uh, I'll do it in song form. Uh, a long time ago when the earth was green. I, I'm going to go with the, uh, I need to know if anyone's religious between the two of you. <laughs> I, 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 you could consider me religious, but I don't know that I'm going to be offended by what you say. What's going on? Who, uh, who's, who's like a microwaving hot pockets on this episode? <laughs> I'm hitting like every possible thing I can on my desk for some reason that could make a little noise for you guys. So sorry about that. Earlier, it sounded like someone was opening sardines, like a can of sardines. God damned. God damned. <laughs> Everything I have to do to, to possibly take a drink of Pepsi here uh, causes <laughs> all kinds of disruption. He's like taking like exaggerated sips. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, Goddamn follows um, the Christian Bible story. Uh, it kind of follows, we kind of jump in at the arc point of the Christian uh, story. I was about to say mythology, but uh, the Christian story uh, through the lens of Cain, uh, of Cain and Abel lose his brother Abel, creating the first murder. After this, uh, everything goes to hell in a handbasket, and our story follows Cain as he traverses this um, post utopic world where now everything is really kind of apocalyptic and very swords and sandals meets the Bible, bringing in some of that that gore and edge that you might see in like a Conan uh, story with uh, Christian mythology. Um, and that's kind of the broad view of it. How do I do, Josh? I would say it reminds me of uh, if this was th- – th- let me see if this apt – title if this if my shorthand for it works for both of you guys i would say it's like mad max meets the old testament right like sure <laughs> old, mad max meets conan meets the old testament yeah yeah meets yeah. genesis yes meet, yeah there we go there we go meets uh, terminator is, genesis, uh, yes terminator genesis <laughs> mad max <laughs> terminator genesis is is shorthand uh, for this book. So let me let me get right into it uh, with you guys. Um, now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. I know that Aaron Warner uh, was raised a very uh, a very. How would you put it, Aaron? How would you? Was, how would it, you? How... It was certainly a conservative upbringing. You know, I went to um, to Baptist school, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade. Um. And you know, my parents were involved in the in the church and various ministries as I was growing up. So we could say that you have you know the Bible story, right? I I know the Bible pretty well, pretty well. Uh, and let me get this right: you listen to no uh, in the early '90s and late '80s. You have no recollection of modern pop music. Uh, all you yeah, know is. <laughs> It's Christian That's hymns. That's still true today, though. <laughs> <laughs> all, all you know is Christian hymns uh, instead of instead of warrant and uh, in like uh, with uh, Guns and Roses. You've got uh, Christ has died. Christ has risen. Right? It's uncanny. It, it sounds exactly like that. Yeah. <laughs> Does. With arms <laughs> wide open under yeah, that's wh- the sunlight. And you're like, finally, it's my time. Thank you, Creed. <laughs> so um, let me ask you guys. Now, tr- like, 
Aaron, as someone who has sort of like some knowledge of the Bible, I just want to get right into it. Before we start talking about story, I, I want to dive into the idea of like, did this offend your your perception or how do you think it dealt with the Bible story? And this will come off as a, a little sharp, but only creatively, Josh. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> only, only, it only dealt with it creatively. <laughs> yeah, like no, I mean, like no, I, I was only uh, offended on a creative level. <laughs> so oh, okay. I thought okay. it could have been much better, but um, the only affront made but, in this book was I don't mean artistic that in terms taste. Of, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, in terms of the content of it, no. Um, I mean, I should be clear though too. We're uh, we're talking about you know what me from kindergarten to fifth grade as opposed to, you know, um, agnostic hipster 34 year old Aaron talking to you now. So, I mean, if I could go back and talk to fifth grade, Aaron Warner, what do you think he would think of this? I think he'd probably be shocked by the language. Um, (laughs) But, are you I mean, telling me? Are you telling me that 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 the that the phrase uh, that that the word "cunt" wasn't used often in your in your in your dialogue in fifth grade? No, I, I was I was definitely more familiar with that by the time I was in seventh grade. For example, oh, that's that's when it came into focus. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, Travis, let me ask you as a sort of a non right, like you don't have a lot of this. You don't have a lot of Christianity in your background, right? No, none. Your parents are like super liberal teachers. You grew up in a foreign land. I've been. I only uh, go to church for funerals and weddings. If this were Bush, if this were something about Bushido, then maybe you could feel some. Hi, you could so, feel some offense to it, but. <laughs> you know, I actually uh, for for stories. So I'm I am fascinated with uh, Bible stories, biblical stories, because I I I never had them. I never had to sit in that environment and listen to them. Everything I've consumed from Bible stories is has been through the lens of another media academia. other than the, than the Bible, academia, or pop culture. Um, like the and, Ten Commandments then? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Everything, if, I don't know it unless it's in a meme. Um, <laughs> unless it's a psalm that's like in a meme or like on someone's post. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Oh, there were first two footsteps in the sand? Then there was one footstep in the sand? What happened to the other footstep? <laughs> Jesus is cool. And it, and it turns out he's seeing this on like an ass tattoo or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, wow, this girl's really profound. <laughs> um, and Deep. So, yeah. Yeah, so I'm always like, I, I, I think that, uh, you know, one of the things I always regret not taking in college was that Bible as literature course where you literally read the Bible and you talk about the way you talk about like grapes of wrath, uh, as a story mm-hmm. and a construction. Uh, so I always like, like my stories of like Cain and Abel, like I know the idea of Cain and Abel, but I don't know like the official, um, like story, you know, like I know there's different uh, translations depending on the type of Bible you're reading. Um, uh, but I don't know, like, oh, yeah, I know Cain kills Abel, and that kind of starts off this whole that's thing. That's widely agreed upon, I'd say. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. Is, that's, that is widely agreed upon. So Aaron and I can kind of tell you that uh, this in the Bible is a pretty short story, right? Like, yes. Genesis is long, but Cain is in a very small portion of Genesis. He's not a figure that hangs out for very long. The Noah story is actually very short too none of this stuff is like long-winded stuff so jason aaron is it has a lot of freedom to throw in all of the shit witches he wants uh, <laughs> and like beasts and all of this stuff he's, he's got a lot of a lot of space to do that in well okay so um, let's get right into talking about the idea of okay out of the bible stories that you guys know is the, the is this a really good one to pick for fodder uh, storytelling fodder, as you were just talking about, Josh. Like, you know, if you were to go in and pull a story out from the Bible and make a comic book for modern audiences, is this one of your top five stories that you would pick? Like the, this character mm. of Cain, or which character uh, what, would you, what do you follow? Yeah, what do you think, Aaron? What what would what would your choice be? Old Testament, New Testament. What story would you run with? Well, I'm thinking about that for a second. I mean. 
What's I know the, that I what's was the very one with the foreskin? by the idea coming into this. <laughs> what's the one with the foreskin? That's, uh, You're that's... kind of talking about the whole Old Testament at that point. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of foreskin in the Old Testament. I would say, like, if, if I were to pick something, I think Cain and Abel, I think that story in and of itself is kind of interesting, but I guess Noah is an interesting story because God yeah. is getting rid of the world, right? And so you can have a discussion about why that is. You can have a discussion about what that looks like. How bad does the world have to be? And so I think Jason, I think Jason Aaron picks a good, a good one. I think I might yes. do Joshua. I, I might do something with the judges because there's exactly. a lot of there's a lot of like a lot of blood in war. Wars, and so yes, absolutely. And like holding the sun up for an extra long time so you can kill people while it's light outside. And so mm, I mean, I there's a there, yeah. So there's like a lot of there's a lot of story there that you I can go you with. I thought you Abraham and Jacob there for a second. No, that's a different. That's different, right? Where he was going to sacrifice him. That I think that I think that would. I'm wondering because there's more of this. I wonder if he gets. They to could that get stuff. there, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think it's decent fodder for it. Is there one that maybe Aaron? Is there like you said? You need like a minute. Is there one that maybe sticks out to you aside from that? Um, no, you're kind of thinking along the same lines. I mean, we kind of get to see also. Um, you know, a version of David and Goliath is something you could go to. Um, but there's kind of a showdown like that in this, you know, in, in this yeah. first volume. Um, well, you know, what, you know, what? the other thing is too, like, uh, like you said, he is kind of, uh, giving himself a lot of freedom. Um, the writers are, that is, they're giving themselves a lot of freedom, um, in choosing something that's pre, uh, you know, pre flood because, there's just not um, a lot there. Yeah, yeah. From this perspective, exactly. Like you, we, it would be hard for uh, if we're not leaning on science, it would be hard to look at that period of time in history and know for sure what was or wasn't there, or what could have been going on. Yeah, and I think I think it also gives them the chance. I mean, there's like there are normal looking animals in here, but then there's like some screwed up stuff. Sure. And and so that lets you kind of play with that too, you know what I mean? So yeah. it kind of lets you you get giants, you get humans who look like rat people. I don't know what's going on. And then you get like a bunch of weird stuff you can play with that I, that I think that that's probably part of the reason he does it. Well, do you cuz there's you, not just a lot there. Let's talk about that. So, um uh I'll open this up to both of you whoever wants to answer first. What do you think the main purpose of Aaron writing the story is? Is it the challenge of taking like the world's you know, uh, you know, fiction's greatest villain and turning him into an antihero, or is it the ability to go into this landscape of you know pre-flood, uh, you know, mythology and explore the area? Like, what do you what do you think when Aaron sits down? He's like, I gotta, I gotta write this because the guy is prolific in his storytelling. He's probably got like a hundred stories out there that he wants to write. What do you think makes him write this? The challenge of the turning the hero, uh, the villain into the antihero, or just wanting to explore his own thoughts about religion uh, in a, in a text like this. And you guys also let me know. I've heard a couple of episodes, but I'm not sure if and when we want to limit critical discussion um, because I think both of the um, both of the basic approaches you just described um, are here. I think they're I think they're both interesting. But I also don't think that they were in his execution. Yeah, the execution is poor, in my opinion. No, yeah, absolutely, you could say that. I, th I think that's a valid. So, what do you think? Um, all right, so establish. Let's talk about the establishing uh, Kane as the anti-hero. Uh, for you, where does he fall short in this? No, um, as far as how is it how it starts, I'd actually say that was really strong. Um, I liked describing him as the man who invented murder. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, but then it seems to kind of wander off from there. Um, like when Noah's introduced, for example, I think at the end of the same, that, that first issue, um, if I'm right, it was in the same issue. If not, it was the end of the second one. Um, but, you know, we, we kind of touch on those two characters and they're introduced to us. And, and, and it's, and, it's, and uh, the concept is cool, like seeing um, Noah as some kind of a, Warrior slash leader slash axe murderer um, is an interesting <laughs> like, interpretation. This terrible barbarian of a human being, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. It, um, and it's and it's an interesting take. Um, it's just I don't know. I'm I kind of read the first couple of issues and then I kind of read um, 
everything else much more recently, and I don't know if that's kind of skewing my look at it, but I really liked it a whole lot more before I saw where it was going, I guess. I, I think that I think that I think you're right. I think it starts really strong. I think the first I don't know maybe uh, three chapters are pretty good. Yeah, three. Uh, yeah, yeah, and then it kind of goes on to this story of like, let me help this mom. Uh, you get a little bit of backstory with Eden. I just don't. I don't know that I like the. I get why there's the mother son story in there, right? Yep. You kind of get you you kind of get to see there's a way of making um, Cain redeemable. Right. For a second, mm-hmm. you see him redeemed because he's like, OK, I'm going to help this kid. Um, and then it's almost like they were. Ah, never mind. And just right. Just threw that off to the side. You know, it's it's two pages where they um, where they're where they've explored this. And it's almost like they're letting it go somewhere. You know, you hear the, the kids talking about how we could be a family. And then um, and then just immediately that idea is dashed. It's trounced and. I don't know. I like. I wonder. I wonder if like. I mean. I get. I. I sometimes wonder in a it, with this book as I'm reading it. And Travis, let me see what you think about this. It, does it seem, Travis, that um, the point? I mean, you said is the challenge of this book to make him look like an antihero, and I think they do that fairly well, right? It, yeah. He becomes sort of an interesting person to follow, mm-hmm. uh, but then it just seems like it is. The goal of it is just to make this world look as shitty as possible. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, what, I, I, me, I kind of meanders some too. Yeah. Well, what do you think? What do you? Yeah. What do you think, Travis? What do you I, think? Does I think it seem like I think they're shortcutting his antihero journey by making everything else so villainous. Uh, you know, if if Noah was a little bit more of less of that, oh, clearly villain and clearly less likable than. Our our hero. I mean, everyone. There's not really <laughs> yeah. any likable characters in this. Yeah, uh, and therefore, point. and therefore, Kane is the most likable by default, which makes him a less interesting anti anti hero. I mean, there's like five. Because he's like in this. all of a sudden he's an anti hero in a world of anti heroes. Yeah, yeah. And, and therefore, he's our favorite because he's the he's least, the least gro- shitty, grotesque, <laughs> and even like artistically, like the most pretty. You know. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and so I think I think you take you undercut uh, the challenge of taking a character like this uh, and 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 slowly maybe even pacing it out. I mean, I would have been fine with hating the main character of this book maybe until the last issue uh, and then leaving us with a possibility of some redeeming aspects in him. Um, you know, in, in the end, if it was you know kind of building it up and and he had to. He somehow went back to his old ways and, and killed the mother or the kid or, you know, like the idea of something like that. That would have, okay, whoa, now we're opening the door. This is, but I just didn't feel like he was kind of a one-note character. And I thought there was a possibility to make this a much more complex character uh, while saying something about the the anti-hero trope. Um, because I didn't see a lot of biblical new biblical insight to make me think that this was Aaron trying to reimagine or revisit how we view the Bible. I don't think it was that deep. Um, and I'd say I was really hoping for, for something like that. I would say when I understood what the concept of this was and I started diving into it. Um, I also think it's interesting and I'm sorry if I'm yeah, stepping I, on your feet here, Travis, but I think it's interesting no, go for to it. that where with, with Cain, we have this character um, who's, pretty clearly um, in touch with God or has experience interacting with God. He's constantly cursing God for keeping him alive. We see miraculous things happen to Cain, if not for Cain. Um, And uh, at the same time, you know, through these five chapters that are here, um, there's also a complete and utter absence of God. And I couldn't really resolve that. Um, I don't understand uh, why they would revisit the um, the Genesis stories like this um, and clearly establish that it's not like we're wondering if God's there or something. Yeah, um, I, I, to- I totally just get you. Not even touch it. I think you're right because I mean, like, clearly, it's one thing to look at this 
to go back historically and say it's terrible and like not and just have Noah feel like God's talking to him, but maybe it not be God. You know what I mean? Right. And then for, you know, and to kind of show this story, like what the world is actually like and there isn't a God. But clearly they've established God because Cain comes back to life. If he's got no scars on him, he can't die. Um, it goes back and shows the Eden story. So I'm wondering if in later issues uh, there's a little more God showing up, and maybe you don't bring him out in the first, you know, the first book of this because it's too much. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but I, but I think you're right. I think you, he, you've got God, but you've got no God in it. If if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. What one of the things I I, I I do enjoy about this book is combining this Bible story with the comic book form and not being afraid to offend through the depictions of these characters in, <laughs> in, in, in like illustration and also in dialogue. Uh, I think it really kind of, as someone who hasn't really read the Bible, uh, when you think about the Old Testament and you think about pre-flood, I think it really does give a really dark vision of the pre-flood you know, world and it makes me kind of be like, oh, wow, this is why everything that comes after it and everything that will follow past the Cain story in New Testament and stuff like that is such like, oh, wow, we really need it's kind of Josh, you said Mad Max earlier, right? Yeah. When you're watching a Mad Max movie. Uh, you're enjoying the action. But the, the whole time in the back of your head, you're like, thank God I don't live in the world like this. Uh, <laughs> and it really it kind of shows you like this could humanity get this bad? Was it ever like this? And if so, like, how did we rise up from this? So painting that, I don't want to say apocalyptic, but I want to say something like just... I don't well, know clearly apocalyptic. Yeah, apocalyptic. <laughs> but like almost like pre-apocalyptic is apocalyptic, you yeah. know. Uh, but the idea of this horrible pre-apocalyptic world, it really makes me kind of, when I envision Old Testament stories before the flood now... I'm going to I kind of want to visit them through this lens of art cuz I'm like, ooh, that makes it much darker and scarier and more intense for me. Yeah, I think I think like I like Aaron, I mean, having like gone through Bible study and Bible stuff like this, you kind of like wonder like how bad could it have been? Like you know God's pretty pissed off cuz he's going to destroy the earth, right? He's going to kill everybody on it. But, like, my yep. imagination was never, like, this is what it was like. You know what I mean? Like, in when you talk about it in the Bible, it's like people weren't worshiping God and God was mad. But there's never anything, like, it doesn't seem this terrible. But this makes this makes me go, like, yeah, if I were God, I probably would have destroyed everything, too. <laughs> <laughs> who's that, who's uh, the, the, the minister? Is it Bradford, the guy who would always, um, and, you know, this is... Post Revolution, Van Impey, yeah, the guy who'd be like, <laughs> "Hell is waiting underneath you, and it's going to drop out at any moment." Come on, you're a history teacher. Oh, uh, uh, is it the hands, it's, it's sinners in the hands of an yes, angry god. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I don't, it's uh, colonial times. I, or right. no, pre, I don't remember what. Yeah, his name but is. the idea was about, establishing this this as dark of a vision of a world as possible to to scare people into you know believing in god and and following a righteous path and this would scare me yeah this would scare, this would scare me <laughs> no doubt that jonathan edwards one of, jonathan. One of their goals um you know was to to depict how bad the world could have been at that point um uh, uh, where the problems start though when we look at noah i guess i don't really have a, a ton of criticism for the character of cain i um you know, where even if it is by default, I was kind of on his team the whole time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I'm looking at Noah, it's he's supposed to be someone who's been chosen by God, uh, you know, to be on this life raft of <laughs> humanity. <laughs> and I'm I'm left sitting here thinking, why? <laughs> but, like, it makes you go, like, if he's the best of what's there... Right. Yeah. And I, and I wonder if I wonder if that's the point is that Jason Aaron is kind of saying, like, look, this terrible human being that we're painting for, you, Noah, is the best one around. Right. And it's you almost they, they play him like like a zealot. But at the same time, yeah. they play him almost like as he would be a great character if God if we knew that God didn't exist in this world. 
Uh, and he, then he, he's almost written like someone who has the delusions of God. Uh, but it's clear that God exists in this world, that God has chosen Noah within this fictional setting. So you're right. The idea is why? Why would he choose this character? Because <laughs> the question I ask is I look at um, other – let's say that we have these groups of villains against Cain, for example. Um and so what, uh, we've got, like, raiders, and then there were night raiders. Um, bone boys. Bone boys, but they were, like, I guess just, like, a gang of kids that were with the raiders. Um, and then we have uh, Noah's people um, with their more advanced weaponry. But, you know, if we look at how they're depicted versus, say, raiders versus Noah and his people... Uh-huh. Um, how they speak, how they do anything, it's, I don't know, it's kind of the same to me. It, it, every bad guy is very, they're very blanket the same. They just look a little different, right? Yes. There's there's not a whole lot of difference between uh, the way th- any group of people is depicted. Correct. You know? Yeah, and I don't cool. know. I don't know if that's limit of of, you know, Gara's style. I don't want to think that it is because he does draw them very differently and i wonder if that's just uh jason aaron is just wants you to think that everything is terrible right because like everybody is terrible in this hey josh which i, I actually want to ask you a question hey will you yeah. a- ask me if you can be a bone boy can can i be a bone boy the answer is no no shit bitches allowed and that is a direct <laughs> quote from this book so let's move over to talking about dialogue in this book um now Jason Aaron is made his <laughs> Jason Aaron has made his career off of, you know, like potty mouth, you know, dialogue and really kind of a, a, you know, bringing that edge to his dialogue. He does it in Southern Bastards, he does it in Scalp. Uh he doesn't do it on his main Marvel books, but I always feel like his you know, when we do like image books, when he does image books, it's like his yeah. catharsis, it's like his release, so he goes more I- over the top. Um, He's just like one second away from having Thor say, fuck you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. No. And uh, oftentimes, that's what I love about Jason Aaron, because I I love that shit. Like, I love vulgar, uh, grotesque things. That's why, you know, that's why when I got this book, I'm like, ooh, this is right in my – it's going to be right in my alley. But um, uh, Josh, first, um, you've read a lot of Jason Aaron. Is he doing Jason Aaron well in this as far as his dialogue? I I think – it's it's like on eleven, right? It's very it's very like it's mm-hmm. it's very um, it seems like it's almost Tarantino esque, right? It's he's it's very I don't I don't normally have a problem with with um, with reading dialogue like this. It doesn't normally bother me, and I wouldn't say that this bothered me, but it seems like he just took it and just cranked it maybe one notch more than he needed to. And I and it just seems like everything in this book is just to hammer home. Sometimes it's a little heavy handed, right? That things are terrible. That right. they, this this world is awful, right? Yeah, it's like playing Vice City for like three hours. You know, like the only reason I'm playing this game <laughs> it, is because I want to see some messed up shit. <laughs> right. That's I mean that's what it feels and like. Uh, even when we get a page. Well, you know, even when we go to the beginning of Chapter 3 um, and we have uh, Adam and Eve talking to each other, um, just, you know, an apple and a couple steps from paradise and purity, and still it's tell your mother to shut her lying whore mouth, and Eve immediately calls him a dickless coward, and it's just... I don't know. Even even yeah. there, it's clear that this is this is post. You know what what's called the fall. Um, yeah, has has already happened. But you know they shouldn't be that jaded great. yet. Yeah. Why? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, I, like, I it's would... like the dialogue's very Deadwood. It's like like yeah, yeah, yeah. vulgar for the sake of being vulgar. Like, do you really need that many f bombs, Al Swearinger? You know, like uh, it's a style. It's 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 a very somehow that stylistic choice in Deadwood, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. They're, well, you're right. You're he, right. In Deadwood, they wrote it in iambic pentameter, gentlemen. Yeah. Deadwood is written in iambic pentameter, so there's a reason why it sounds poetic. Here, it is not written in iambic pentameter, and it is not poetic. Uh, it's not that I can't say that that I that I didn't. 
it's not that I didn't like the dialogue. I think it serves a purpose, but I think that maybe it's it's like two notches too many, right? Yeah, it's for like, me too. It's not like I'm. It's not like this is a matter of any of us at this point finding the content itself objectionable or something. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's. I think when you're going to use that much profanity, maybe you should do it in, in, in an interesting way. And I don't think that he succeeded at that here. Yeah, you have you have moments in here where you have Noah and Cain, these two iconic biblical characters, uh, and you could do a whole issue with like a really interesting discussion between these two figures and philosophies uh, and views on God. Uh, and throw in as many F-bombs as you want into that conversation, but allow a conversation like that to happen more than just the three pages they give it in here, you know? I, and yeah. I, think, I, I think that this is, a, this is an action story for sure. It, you know, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of fighting, and, and I, I wonder if Jason gets too much dialogue in what he writes and things like Southern Bastards, right? Like, Southern Bastards is a very... Um, a very dialogue-y sort of thing, right? Yeah. Um, and then I, then I kind of go, like, that must be... Maybe this is his action thing. But he writes a bunch of stuff in there, you know what I mean? So I don't, so I don't know. I, I think that it tries... To, like, I don't know if he wants to go deep. So I don't want to say that he tries to go deep and he fails at it. I, I don't know that he's trying to go deep, you know? Yeah. I think he's, I think he's making his Tarantino-esque uh, romp through through the Old Testament, um, I, think, I think it's and swords I think, and sandals in the Old Testament. You yeah, know? and I think if that's it, I think if that's what he's doing, then he succeeds, right? If he's trying to do a deeper tale uh, and make us question or making us uh, kind of even think about it in a different light, yeah, I don't know that he does that very well. You know, no, I, I think he does I, a good. Yeah. I think he does a good job, like exploring the concept of like the pre-fall world. I think that that's inter- or I mean the post-fall, pre-flood world. I think that's it's interesting. I don't know that he minds it enough. I don't yeah. know that it's uh, a well, but, but again, the- it's a well-set landscape. It's just we. I think we're just having issues for what we the potential that's here for yeah. what we want it to be, as opposed to what he he had fun doing. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, I, I'd like to read book two. I'd li- I would too, like to of, see actually. what happens after this. Do you think like, it's going to be I, like I, where I he travels know... through? Sorry. Go ahead. You know, I, it, that's what I was going to say. I kind of want to know where this road trip takes him, right? Because it feels, it feels more like a road trip than anything else. You know, it's a very Mad Maxy. I'm wandering through, I almost westerny. You know what I mean? It does have that sort of like spaghetti western feel to it. You know, this this bad man Shame, comes into yeah. town, is good, saves the day, but he's still a bad dude and leaves. You know what I mean? You know, if we look at this uh, as it continues, you know, in a book two, for example, and and find that the, you know, that the journey itself is redeeming our expectations were um, coming in. I'd totally love to, to talk, you know, to look at that, too, and talk about that then. If it's more of the same, I don't know if there will be much of a point, but. Yeah. That would that would be really cool. I, you know, I, I was really anticipating this discussion. I was really hoping that this. I don't know. Just I, I was hoping it would make um, it would make more waves than it really did. I it's suppose like theological discussion about like oh yeah, interesting and, that, and I didn't need that boring. to be deep, but even just some interesting interpretations, um, a couple of questions raised, things like that, and I can't really. I can't really uh, go to the well with this one and come back with much. Well, here's interesting. I, and, here's an interesting one. So we have Cain, uh, who who knows in the existence of heaven and hell, uh, yet he is questing for death, knowing that if he ever achieves death, he's going to hell. Um, that's an inter- interesting concept. Is he would rather? So what? What's driving him? Does he think that hell would be less? Uh, depressing and 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 then the current world or is it the guilt 
of the world that allows him not to face it, so he'd rather suffer a greater fate. Uh, I thought that was an interesting idea in here. The fact that Cain knows there is a hell. He knows that he will be there. There's no redeeming himself, yet he quests for death. That's good, and I wonder if like if that's explored any farther, right? Like, I don't want to. I don't know that I want to put too much weight into that. I think you're right. I think that's an interesting part, but he doesn't talk about it. You know, that's that's not something that he, he doesn't does. have that discussion. Well, but he not does with the, with like the giant and stuff. Like that. His whole idea is for trying to find this giant, um, and because it's supposed to be a child of the, of the angels. Yeah, and and that's. And so, therefore, apparently, he believes that's a being that could kill him, conceivably. Yeah. Is the, is the, what, how do you pronounce it? Neo, I I don't know. Nephilim? Yeah. Nephilim? (laughs) Nephilim? Yeah. The Heffalumps and Woozles. Uh, and, Might as well and shit be. witches. <laughs> shit witches. Um, it, you know what? I, I think that that's an interesting point. I wonder if that, where that goes fall, farther. And I think, like, um, I, like, I wonder if Jason Aaron was like, you know what? I don't know that I want, I don't know that I want a family tagging along with him. I don't know if I want this road trip to be him and some kids. And that's why I end it. And, and if I could just, t- let, me, let me just talk about the ending of the, of this first chapter, right? You see him get redeemed. You see this sort of good in the world, this, this mom who wants to save her son. And you're like, oh, there's some redeemable stuff going on, right? Not everybody's terrible. And then the kid kills her, man. The kid kills her. And you're like, oh, no, this world is screwed up, right? Like, he ends on this sort of like, oh, you thought there was going to be something nice here? There's nothing nice here. That kid's transformation happened real quick, too. That was, that was only like three days yeah. of being captured. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering how long it could have been. <laughs> well, no, like at the end of the book, so the one that he's got um, – so he's holding one that kind of falls apart in his arms, right? The one who's like, can I, can I walk? Can I come with you? That's not the same kid at the end, right? No. Those I are believe t- that it is. No, because the one kid has the, – the kid who wants to come with him only has one arm. Yeah, he was the and one so pissing on him at the beginning. Yeah, and he dies. He dies in his arms when he says, can I come with yeah, you? He says, you're right. Hey. I'm sorry about that. I, got, I, uh, and, I lost that when I took that break between how I was reading this. Yeah, and then Lodo is – Lodo, the kid, the is the one, one they go to save who, like, the, sh- the boat – like, the kids – Bone boys? Uh, beat him. Yeah, the bone boys beat him up, right? And they say, no shit bitches allowed. And so, like – he is kind of beat down, but you're right. It is kind of a quick turn, but it makes you go like, wow, this world sucks, right? Yeah. Like Jason Aaron, Jason Aaron, like gives you this maybe one ounce of like, oh, and then pff, it's dead. Right? And ev- everyone adapts quickly to their situations in this story. And I think that's uh, maybe a consequence of the world they live in of survival. You either adapt or you die. Uh, and so I can buy, I, I, that helps me kind of sell like, oh, he made that change real quick because he had to. It's like that that transition would happen to someone in prison after like 10 years. It happens to this kid like after a week. But it's also like the extreme a case of survival. Yeah. And it's also kind of the exact same thing that Cain did to his brother is what this child did to his mother. Yeah. yeah. And there is something interesting um, just in Cain's reaction to that, which is basically just to close his eyes and – uh, and walk away dragging his axe behind him right yeah not kill the kid not kill the kid nope just walks away he's like all right yeah this sucks hey well because you know it ends with the dialogue of uh we're all just flawed creations we're all destined to kill ourselves to kill each other to defile the world around us we're all his doomed little monsters uh we're, we are the goddamned and so if anything if we can say that, like, we felt maybe a little short changed on the potential of this story, this makes me feel like this book one makes me feel like maybe the opening 20 minutes to a movie, right? Sure. Yeah. If, if that makes sense. And so maybe that's enough. Maybe that, I, I think that is maybe enough for me to come back and read the next book. Because if I, if I think of these five issues, and I think sometimes that's the problem with when we read first volume, sometimes Travis is we want to think of them as a story, right? We want like, when a, they're just act one. Yeah. When they're, when they might not even be act one, they might be like yeah. act. It might just be the yeah. prologue. prologue. Right. Yeah. And, and I, yeah. 
I feel that that's what this is. Is this is a prologue to the actual story? Oh, see, I I I, see I would love to find I, that to be true. I think it's the I opposite, lo- guys. I think I think I think this. You said Mad Max. I think this is going to be. Exa- I think it's going to be Mad Max. Mad Max always starts with you know Mad Max get pulled gets pulled into his mini adventure and he ends exactly as how he begins. The character does not change. The character himself does not change. He might have an arc, but at the end he's back to where he was. I think this is. I think Aaron is just having fun writing in this kind of genre, and it's about telling those westerns. Like, this, Kane goes over here, he has this adventure, finds out the world's still shitty. And the next volume, <laughs> he goes and has this adventure, finds out the world's still shitty. Like that Mad Max thing. I would like, yeah. and I don't know, I don't know which one I would like better. I don't know, I don't know. It, just, it depends on. I, I think he could do go either way in the second one, he could build onto a longer story. Or give me another one of these that was kind of fun to see the landscape in. And then as a reader, I'd have to decide, well, do I want to pick? It's like Boxcar Kids. You know what's going to happen. It's a yeah. different adventure. Every like You either like those stories or you don't. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. It could go either way. I, I, I like... I didn't dislike this. I mean, let, let's. I, I don't think that we. I don't think that we've had that discussion. We've kind of danced around it. Um, so I didn't dislike this. I didn't think. I don't think it was very deep, but I don't know if it was supposed to be deep. So I don't want to pass judgment on that way. Like it definitely wasn't deep, but I enjoyed it. I I thought it was fun. I thought it was kind of and maybe fun's not the right word, but um, I think that it was. It was definitely sort of this western, right? It felt like. Um, a biblical western with a lot of blood and guts and gore and i think that's kind of interesting like i think it's kind of fun and not fun and like a woohoo because it's not that but i think it's it's kind of a cool little it's kind of a cool little ride to go on um but i think you're right i'd, I'd want to read the next volume if the next volume were the same i don't know that i'd read a third volume yep i agree exactly that, with what you just said <laughs> aaron, aaron what do you think um i'll agree with that sentiment but i can't get away from the fact that I'm I can't get over the fact that I was disappointed um that it didn't do more and so I am you know I'm definitely in the camp where I want I do want to see the next book I did and I won't go so far as to say that I disliked it I was just disappointed um because of all of the potential there so if I'm going into a book two at this point I'm really looking for uh for the um, authors and artists to, if not to take up the questions that we're asking or we're expecting, but, you know, at least to address them or to acknowledge that they're in the room somehow. Yeah, no, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. Um, So let me ask you guys, before we get into favorite panels, because we're getting close to favorite panel time to wrap us up. uh, Let me ask you guys, what do you guys think of the, what do you guys think of the art overall? What do you think of Gara's art? Travis, you want to start? Yeah, um, I thought Gara's art fit the story really well. Uh, as far as as being these, it's very sh- at shadowy at moments. Um, at sometimes you do have to really look at the panel to kind of figure out some of the details. There is with the darker coloring, it kind of washes out some of those lines. Um, and so you kind of have to really look at it to figure out, is that a head decapitated or is that an arm decapitated? <laughs> but I thought, I thought his way of you know, anatomy and, and faces really helped sell like that. There's just this weariness and grotesqueness in all the faces and wrinkles. And, and, and then it makes, I thought, drawing Kane the way he did as a little bit smoother uh, really helped him stand out as more angelic in this kind of you know, apocalyptic landscape. So I thought that was kind of a, an interesting contrast choice. Uh, and I also like uh, his ability to kind of mix in uh, creatures that aren't real but re- could resemble real creatures, like elephants that aren't quite elephants. Or I thought the creature work on this was really good. Um, and so uh, even like the, the nighttime raiders with the big eyes, everyone is... There are humans, and then there are kind of subhumans and like hairy humans. And I thought yeah. <laughs> he was able to really show you a whole menagerie of of possible humanoids in here really well. Yeah, uh, Aaron, what did you think? Um, I would agree with a lot of that. The um, the creatures definitely were interesting. Um, you know, 
And I'll just I'll just go ahead and blurt out my favorite panel right now, and then I'll say it again later when we're supposed to. Um, <laughs> but the um, there's a full page at the end of I think it's chapter yes yeah, chapter two with uh, Kane on what I describe as a rhinosaurus, uh, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to rhinoceros. Yeah, um, and kind of a um, you know a, a, a pretty attractive. Uh, um, lady, depiction lady. of our of our mom in the foreground. Um, <laughs> not my mom. That's not my mom. <laughs> no, no, you, the mom. <laughs> I thought it was your mom. No, um, no. <laughs> oh, well, no, my favorite panel. Then got the whole <laughs> sexy cave woman uh, thing going on, yeah. though, and um, I liked that. Um, Did... I would agree with uh, what Travis was talking about too, though. That um, I mean. You can describe a lot of the scenes in this uh, in this book as muddy um, in multiple Ooh, ways. Yeah, um, you know they are literally you know they're supposed to be depicting a muddy scene, uh, and the muddy scene is also muddied by the way it's drawn in, at certain points. Um, but I really did like that. Um, I don't know that it was a statement necessarily, but I definitely appreciated the art. I appreciated the whole book um, aesthetically. I was telling Josh early on. You know, we didn't uh, we didn't exchange any uh, deep thoughts on the on the book at all. But I was just talking about how, you know, when, when my package got in from Amazon, you know, it's it's just a pleasure to hold in your hand. Um, it's glossy. Uh, the the pages have nice check texture too, and um, did just appreciate all the art and the color for sure. Judas, how dare you guys talk about the book behind my back? <laughs> that that was that was the only discussion. I was like, dude, don't say That's anything. The only else. thing we said. Yep. <laughs> Um, is gonna get pissed if he finds out. Before, before I knew the rules, I broke one. He also, yeah, uh, yeah I, you said the sexy cave woman. He has some sweet side boob action going in here. It's not like oh, it's right. cartoony, but it's like they hang really well naturally. Yep, yep. I want to <laughs> suckle on them. That's always a good sign. Josh, <laughs> yeah. uh, your your uh, uh, idea of the art followed by your favorite panel. Okay, so so as far as the art goes, guys, I really enjoyed it. Um, there's a couple times where I think Gara, um, it's hard to follow the action in a couple of the panels. It it jumps weird, um, and it, it might just be because he's trying to he's trying to make the action happen. But sometimes it goes from like a weapon being wielded, and then the next panel is like someone else being stabbed, and so it, it's a little jumpy at times. I, I it was good. My only beef, there's really only one time where I was like, wow, that's not good. Uh, is the giant double page spread of the dragon dinosaur is is terrible. It is bad. It is not. Garrett cannot draw a dinosaur or whatever the hell that <laughs> thing is. Page, double page spread is that at the beginning or is that towards the it's, end? It's near the middle of uh, book one, Wait, I would is, say. Is it, is, that, is it double or is it just the one big splash page where he's like, hey, let's get him back? Uh, no, it says, and that can easily end my curse, Cain, son of Adam, the man who invented murder, the man who cannot die. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's it's like... It's a cool, like, that part is cool. Half the page is good, and then it looks like someone else drew the other page. It, it just, the dinosaur does not look good. It's right before we meet yeah, Noah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, I see it. The dinosaur reminds me of something. It reminds me of something that would be, like, on an Iron Maiden cover. Like, their yes. idea of, like, a, a, um, a dragon. And so I liked it. I thought that, I think the colors were an interesting way to do it. It reminds me, guys, Travis, you know, I have a boatload of 80s uh, Marvel graphic novels. Um, Gera's art reminds me of a bunch of those it really reminds me of this sort of 80s yeah. 80s style uh and i think that makes sense because he got you know he started in the 80s and and that sort of it has this sort of european flair to it it's not quite american comics in the 80s right but um it reminds me of that and the one pinup that that uh aaron talked about that reminds me very um very Conan-esque, that one there. You know what I mean? Like, him astride a beast and the, and the nude lady below him. I think if I were going to pick a favorite panel, uh, my favorite panel is going to be... I had it, and then I lost it. Uh, it's one where he is... Um, where's it at? He is fighting... It's like one of the early battles against the Bone Boys. and um, Oh, that first battle at their Bone Boy camp? Where he's all naked? Yeah. You like that little yeah, the, you like that little wiener shot, don't I, you? I thought that there I thought that that was kind of a it was kind of a funny way to do it cuz everybody says like 
what's wrong with you, right? Like, there's nothing wrong with him uh, because he's because he's not he's got no scars. Um, but no, that's right. There's there's a scene where um, where the heck is it? Uh, I like in that scene how he pulls his boots on like some sexy cowgirl getting out of the water. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Now I can't. Travis, you give yours while I try to find mine. I can't find mine. So you know, there's. I mean, I love. I love scenes of violence. Uh, I don't know. You know, I just. I love. I love mixing the violence and the absurd. The absurdity, which he does a lot in this. So there are a lot of panels that are just really fun to be like, oh my god. I've never seen that. Um, but I also really like the the darker images of the Bible that are portrayed. Now, this is a scene that's portrayed in art. It's the one where uh, it's the flashback to where Cain is killing uh, Abel. It's in the top mm-hmm. right corner of the middle of the book. You probably Your book probably falls open to this page naturally. Um, but he's got the rock, and he's you know smashing Abel in, and it's kind of in shadows from the tree. And I, I'm like, ooh, wow, that's ooh, that's a really dark version of that image. And you see like how shocking uh, that is. But my favorite part is the unicorn in the background. Um, <laughs> there's just like a unicorn looking uh, in, in the background. You, you can't see its eyes or anything, but you can just tell that unicorn is just thinking like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to have to die after this. This is going to make me extinct. Like, I can't... This is a unicorn watching this really grotesque scene. <laughs> I, so I found, I found mine. Mine is... Uh, mine's the one... And I, I had a couple of them. I'm going to go with this one. It's when uh, all of the kids are, like, running like wild dogs. Yeah, like, that, was, that was like runner-up for me. And so it's it's a it's a top it's the top half of two pages and it's these charging children uh, and are fantastic yeah we <laughs> like yeah. pigs they're squealing like pigs as they're about about to attack him and I think absurdity number one uh, they're a bunch of kids on leashes uh, that are, are like attack dogs and then the fa- the fact that they're squealing like pigs is it's just it's just screwed up it's Super so creative screwed up and original too like i haven't seen that before but i feel like i should have because it's like a great idea like it puts such a moral quandary on you you're like these kids are going to rip me to shreds but they're also kids so i have to like decapitate them <laughs> And so, so Aaron, you gave us yours. Is there anything more you want to say about about the one that you you had picked? Um, no, but I went and looked at your dinosaur, and I just have to comment that, boy, that that hairy dinosaur's mouth is wrong. Right. That's the only time as I'm reading this book, and that's the only time I'm like, oh man, that was bad. That's not. And the good. dinosaur has a really bad haircut too. <laughs> You know what? It's not like there were great barbers back then, but Dino dinosaur barbers, dinosaur barbers. But I want to see a only... comic book about a dinosaur barber. You make it happen, buddy. It's yours. You write it. <laughs> Trademark uh, right there. It's been declared on on the Comic Exposure Podcast. Uh, so let me let me let me ask. Let me finish with this. Uh, Travis, would you recommend this to anybody? I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. It would have to be someone very specific. I, I think I think it does, even though it lacks the theological depth that maybe th- that you you get curious about when you when you read the premise of it. I still think that it would be great to give to someone who who did grow up on those stories and just be like, take a look at the imagery in here, take a look at the depictions, and it's it's a quick read. And like, let's just have a discussion on it. Like, what? What? I think this is actually really. I think I had more fun in this discussion than reading the book, and I enjoyed the book. But it was a quick read, and it allowed me to kind of talk about these things. Uh, so I'd only give it to someone who has familiarity with the uh, Bible. As I'm saying this, I'm like, I don't know if I believe what I'm saying. So I'll move you don't on. know. I don't know. I was about to say I don't know if if I, I'm torn. Do I, I don't know if I want to give it to someone who's familiar with the Bible and might want to you know check out the imagery, or that's a bad audience and give it to someone who just likes the trope of like a Mad Max type story. So I don't know yeah. Yeah. what my answer is yet. Aaron, Aaron, as a as a uh, like a guy who doesn't read a ton of comic books, would you give this to anybody to read? Would you give this to anybody to read? 
after listening to Travis's journey through this answer, um, <laughs> his meandering, I, like, no, yeah. wait a minute, that's not. I okay. caught myself in a lie. I'm like, do I believe that? Uh, I my answer to that question would be, I would not recommend it to anyone, but I'd love to talk to anybody who's read it. Okay, oh, okay, I can, I can see. I, that. You know what? I'm gonna edit mine out, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna put in me saying that, and then I'm gonna edit yours out. That's how it's gonna work. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be perfect. Uh, I would say, like, there is maybe a like I can't think of anybody specific I would give this to. I think I would say a comic book reader go pick it up, see what the medium can do with it. It's kind of an interesting comic book tale of it. If you want to go and see some Conan esque sort of old school eighties looking comic adventure, I'd go back and check it out. I don't think I would give it to any non-comic book reader i don't think i would go like hey you should go read this uh i told aaron he had to read it because he's like uh, a bible homie from back in the day and so i thought that we, he could have a, a different sort of discussion than someone who 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 isn't familiar with it uh so that that's why i had aaron read it but i don't think i'd go and, and tell anybody who's not a comic reader to go read it i think if you read comics and you like jason aaron check it out and see what he's doing uh i think it's a different type of story than what you're gonna than what you got with thor it's a different kind of story than what you're getting with southern bastards you're kind of seeing him flex his muscles in like a very like like i said before a tarantino mad maxis mag mac max ish uh sort of uh western sort of way and it's interesting um yeah, i'll give it that but of, like tokyo ghost in there as far as kind of like the absurd violence and stuff like that yeah um, so if he, he like writes that genre yeah if you think of it jason aaron writes westerns he does yeah Southern Bastards is a Western. Scalp is a Western. Scalp is a Western. This is a Western. You know what I mean? It it has that sort of Western feel to it. Uh, And so if that's something you're interested in, I'd say go go and check it out. Uh, Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you can find the Comic Exposure podcast uh, on the internet. It's www.comicexposure.com. I'm also going to jump right in in your middle thing. I think we should start a comic podcast, just our podcast called This is a Western. And then just take any story <laughs> and explain how it is a western. Because uh, I feel like if you pull apart, if you if you pull the threads on enough of a story, you can decide that it's a western. And I think we should I'm just in. be like, "Mamma Mia, this is a western." <laughs> I'm in, dude. Let's Saturday do it. Night if you wanted to, you could do, you could do something similar and say, "This is the Bible," and <laughs> I bet we could find a bunch of comics that are more like the Bible than this one. That's true. Oh no, you're yeah. totally you're totally true. Superman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so so let me let, let me uh, say okay so again uh you can find us on the internet www.comicexposure.com you can find us on twitter at comics exposure facebook facebook.com slash comic exposure instagram at comic exposure all those things follow us if you listen to this on itunes give us a nice fat five star rating or is it four star i don't know well, however five many stars star. there are it's five five give star. us the fi- give us the full five give us the full five uh give us at maybe- least four Give it at least four. If you go less than four, don't just don't do it. Uh, but guys, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate it. Uh, Aaron, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, you, thanks, hey, it was a blast. It was you're a my blast. brother. You're my brother from back in the day. So I'm I'm glad I got you to pull you uh, that you left Hermitude to come in and be on the show with us. Uh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, next week Travis and I are going to talk about Logan, Archie and iron fist that's that's uh that's our podcast for next week so make sure you tune in uh thanks for tuning in with us and ladies and gentlemen uh we will see you next trade